I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Hope you're doing well today. Hope, uh, you know, you have a little peace in your life. Uh, I know it, it's not always easy, um, but it, there are some things we can do and things we can know. And it is possible to uh, not be just stressed out all the time. In, in fact, today's guest has a book called The Stressless Life, and it looks just like that. And uh, here's the question. Is is that a uh, a helpful book or is it a fiction book <laughs> can we actually have a stressless life well vance Pittman is the pastor of hope church in las vegas nevada and and he's gonna talk us through it uh vance great to have you on live today live uh, randy thanks so much it's an honor to be here uh thanks for having me and i'll go ahead and help you if you ever want to feel like a local in las vegas you have to pronounce it nevada, nevada. it's not nevada that's what they teach you day one when you move to the state it's las vegas Nevada. Uh, but it, it really is a joy to be here with you. And thanks for thanks for having me on to talk about the book. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I'm already stressed because I've already messed up. Right the top of this show. <laughs> no. But OK, so are you stressless? <laughs> well, here's the reality. Jesus promises us that we can be. As a matter of fact, he told us in his word in two places. Uh, in Matthew chapter six, Jesus said it himself. He said, do not be anxious about your life. And if you understand the Greek in that verse, it's not a suggestion that Jesus is laying on the table for us to prayerfully consider. It's actually an imperative, hmm. meaning our not being anxious, our not worrying and being stressed out is a matter of obedience to Christ and accepting his promise and his command. And then Paul wrote it in a letter to the Philippian church when he said to be anxious for nothing. It's literally the same tense and construction that Jesus used in Matthew 6, where it's an imperative. We're, we're commanded in Scripture not to have stress, not to be stressed out, not to live with anxiety, not to, to worry. And in both of those instances, Randy, Jesus said about your life, Paul said about everything, both of them are words that speak to the totality of the experience that you and I would call life. Everything that pertains to life we're commanded in Scripture not to live with stress, anxiety, and worry. Hmm. All right. I know most of the audience is going, I wish I could, I wish my life was like that, but yeah, I can't do it. And we're going to talk about that. But I first want to ask you, uh, have you ever been stressed? <laughs> yeah, Randy. And that's really where the book came from. Um, it's, it's out of my own personal journey. I uh, I'm not originally from Las Vegas. Very few people are actually only about 7% of the people in Las Vegas are born and raised there. And they actually wear that with a badge of honor, the born and raised crowd. It's a whole thing in Vegas, but <laughs> I'm originally from the Bible belt, uh, came from the state of Alabama. Um, and in about 1999, God interrupted my life. My wife and I were minding our own business. I was the senior associate pastor of a great church in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, God called us to leave our home there and our comfort zone there. Uh, it was really one morning I was spending time in Luke chapter four, and I read a verse of scripture where Jesus said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. As soon as I read that verse, I saw some stuff in Jesus that wasn't in me, this passion for the kingdom of God and other cities. 
My wife and I put our yes on the table. We knelt that morning and said, Lord, yes, we don't know where, we don't know when, but the answer is yes. And two weeks later, uh, a church reached out to me from Georgia and said, hey, we feel led of the Lord to start a church in Las Vegas, Nevada, and God's put on our heart here to be the pastor of that church. And so two weeks earlier, we said yes. Two weeks later, God fills in the blank with Las Vegas, uh, which was not on my radar. Being from Alabama, you don't go to Las Vegas, and if you do, you don't tell anybody. Um, but we knew God had called us, so we moved there, and we jumped into joining in God's activity of seeing a church born in that city, having no idea about church planning, didn't know what that looked like, had never done that before, never been west of the Mississippi River before. Wow. But God began to bless in unbelievable ways. Uh, we started in our living room with a handful of people, about 18 people. Uh, people began to come to Christ. Uh, we had to leave our home, outgrew our home, so we had to go somewhere else. And in a couple of years, had over 1,000 people that were attending weekend services, representing multiple cultures, multiple languages. Uh, church continued to grow, had challenges and problems. Anytime there's a church in a community like Las Vegas where there's uh, not really an understanding of church. There's a messiness about the Christianity. It's a, there's a purity to it, mm. but there's also a messiness to it that brings a lot of heartache, a lot of struggle, a lot of challenge. Uh, planting a church in a non-Christian city like Vegas, there was a lot of opposition, a lot of spiritual warfare. And so for the first decade or so, we, we were experiencing it in, on two sides. There was a lot of growth, a lot of blessing, a lot of favor from the outside looking in. It looked like everything was wonderful. On the inside, there were a lot of challenges. We walked through uh, uh, moral failures with one of our pastors. We walked through internal conflict. Uh, we lost our meeting place eight times. We had to meet in nine locations in our first 10 years uh, because of growth or challenges. Uh, there were no, there were all kind of problems with, with buying land and building buildings as a church in a place like Las Vegas. Uh, there was the economic collapse that happened in 2007 and eight, where we lost a third of our church. We had a flood once we finally built our property, had a flood that, that did a million dollars worth of damage to our, and you get a flood in the desert. So all these things, and long story short, in 2012, I hit a breaking point um, where my body literally shut down. I was not handling the things that were going on in my life the way that Jesus has invited me to. I was living with stress. I was so stressed out that I went home one evening and uh, tried to have dinner with the family and just couldn't really put thoughts together, went and laid down, um, and I slept for eight straight days. I didn't wake up. Uh, by the time I woke up, my wife took me to a doctor. My doctor said I had a physical version of a mental breakdown. Pretty much because of the stress, my body just said enough. And my body shut down for eight days, lost about 20 pounds from not eating. Um, and I had to reorg my entire life. So the, the content of this book is, bro is written out of my own personal journey of collapse because I know what it is to be stressed out. Yeah. And I know that Jesus promises us a way to enjoy life and not just endure it. On the other side of that, I had to discover those principles. So just a quick question for people wondering, because sometimes, you know, if someone sleeps for eight days, there's something medically going on that I would be seriously concerned about. But you, you doctor cleared you of any kind of physical thing and it basically just said it was just stress? Totally. Yeah, I, was, I didn't have any medical issues. Wow. Uh, I had just been going 70, 80 hours of work for about 10 years I continued to lead the organization that I was leading with thousands of people the way I had led it when it was dozens of people in my living room, yeah. my hands and everything felt like it all rested on my shoulders. 
uh, when you plant a church, it's kind of like parenting a child. And there's just an ownership that goes with that beyond just being a pastor where you feel responsible. And I just took all this stuff on myself, not stuff that Jesus put on me. I put it on myself. Mm. And the weight of that responsibility ultimately just crushed me physically. Um, and 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 here's the reality, Randy. That's not just true about me. There, there's a study that was done by the uh, American Institute of Stress that says 77% of all Americans deal with physical symptoms related simply to stress. Mm-hmm. And that 50%, one out of every two people, struggled to sleep last night because of stress-related issues. So this is a problem that permeates all of us. And when I'm talking about stress and anxiety, and we can talk about the definition in a minute, but I'm not talking about somebody who has a medical diagnosis of an anxiety disorder or something that's clinical or medical. There are clinical and medical issues that need clinical and medical attention and help. Mm -hmm. We can't pray our way out of everything in our lives. God's given us wisdom to pursue medical help. I did that. I went to a doctor and a doctor diagnosed that what I was dealing with was not something chemical or medical in my body. It was just the way I was responding to the stressors in my life Mm. was not in a way that was healthy for me spiritually, emotionally, or physically. And I had to learn a new way. So there was no medication to cure you in that kind of case. No. What was the cure? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So for me, I had, uh, I had, my, my, I was slow to the technology thing. My kids had to drag me into the iPhone era. Um, <laughs> and then when I even started using it, uh, I, I would always mess up my iPhone. And my kids taught me this thing called the hard reset where dad, if you're having problems with your phone, first thing you do is you just turn it off yep. and then turn it back on and let it reset. And pretty much Randy, that was the solution for me. I had to do a hard reset with my life. Um, I had to shut everything down. I had some people who loved me enough to come around me Uh, and not everybody has to go to the extreme that I did, but not everybody hits the wall. Like I hit, Mm -hmm. but I shut everything down. I I was traveling. I was counseling. I was leading. I was vision casting. I was fundraising. I was leading a team other than preaching and weekend services for the next eight to nine months. I eliminated everything from my life. I didn't travel. I didn't lead a staff meeting. I didn't cast any vision. I didn't raise any funds. I didn't go to the office. I simply did some studying. I did. I preached about two thirds of what would have been my normal rhythm of preaching in our church. Um, and that was all I did for nine months, a real hard reset to then begin to reorient my life uh, in a way where I could manage stress better because What I'm not saying in the book is that we can eliminate all the stressors in our life. Stressors are the things we face. Nobody can do that. Jesus never promised us a bed of roses. He didn't promise us that we wouldn't have trouble. As a matter of fact, he promised us the opposite. He said, I guarantee you will have trouble, especially as the time of his second coming draws near. Things will become more difficult, more challenging, especially for those of us who follow Christ. We're not promised a life of ease. What we are promised is the presence of God's peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. And that's the exchange that's offered to us in Christ when we pursue him. So I had to reorient my life in such a way where I began to handle those stressors differently in my day-to-day life. So for those watching who may be going, okay, great for him. What do I do? I hear, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 
that there may be some things we need to shut down in our in our lives. Uh, did your church fall apart when you did that? <laughs> no, it did not. Which is part of the part of the, the the issue with how we handle this because that was one of the. So here's the way I define stress, Randy. I define stress as fearful concern when life's demands seem greater than my ability to meet them. Mm. When something in my life pops up, be that financial, physical, organizational, relational, and I look at that situation and I go, man, that's bigger than the resources I have to fix it. There's two ways we can respond to that. One is stress, fearful concern. I begin to be obsessed by it. I begin to be worried about it. I begin to think about it all the time and it begins to wear me out. That's fearful concern. Mm -hmm. So somebody may ask, well, Are you just saying we shouldn't care? Should we not have any concern? No, there's genuine concern. Genuine concern is different than fearful concern. Fearful concern looks to me and says, what am I going to do to fix this? And that winds up with the response of stressed out. Genuine concern looks to my father. Uh, Same situation, uh, same circumstance. But rather than looking to myself and my resources, I look to him who's invited me to be his child who has unlimited resources. He never sees a situation Mm. and says, I don't have enough for that. He's always enough. Genuine concern looks to the father. And instead of saying, what am I going to do to fix this? I look to my father and say, father, you brought this into my life. What are you going to do? Fearful concern leads to stress. Genuine concern leads to burden. And that burden lays that burden at the feet of the father and trust. And here's what Paul promises. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything Mm -hmm. through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Rather than worrying, rather than saying, what am I going to do? I turn to the father in prayer and I pour out my heart to him. Let your requests be made known to God. And here's what he says. The peace of God that passes all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Are you suggesting that that actually worked for you? (laughs) I am suggesting that it actually (laughs) works. I want to make sure I say it right. It didn't work. It works. And what I mean by that is it's a moment by moment choice. You see, every day I have to face this reality every day because there's going to be new stressors in my life today. And today I have to make the choice in that moment to choose to carry that to an intimate fellowship with my father and let him have it and entrust it to him and rest in him. Or today I'm going to stress out. It's a flesh faith issue that every one of us faces every day because at the, at the end of the day, this is a sin issue and, and sin doesn't go away. It's a battle. Uh, sometimes as Christians, I think we view sin wrong. There are too many Christians that pray for what I call deliverance. Deliverance means the absence from the struggle. I don't believe Jesus promises us that in this life. Now in heaven, we'll all be delivered from sin, but in this life, what we're promised is not deliverance. We're promised victory. Mm. Victory is his provision in the midst of the struggle. The struggle is going to be there. Mm. I'm going to every day have to face the temptation to live stressed out because there are going to be new stressors in my life today. But in that moment, my father invites me to relationally pursue him. And when I do that, I get to exchange my stress for his peace. 
And that, Randy, is what the watching world is waiting to see is different about us as followers of Jesus. Yeah, I wrote I wrote this book in 2020. Um, <laughs> and 2020 was a, yeah. a pretty crazy year. And I started writing it before COVID broke out. Didn't know that was coming. But I was writing it out of my own journey. And then I was watching the other burden for writing this book. I was watching Americans, um, particularly Christian Americans, facing what was going on with COVID, what was going on with culture, with race, uh, with social justice. And I was watching Christians on social media lose their mind, (laughs) just like non-Christians. When when that was a perfect opportunity for the world to look at us facing the same stressors, the same difficulties, the same hardships, and the world could have looked at us and said, man, there's something different about those people. Mm. What distinguishes a Christian is not the absence of difficult circumstances. It's the presence of God's peace in the midst of those circumstances. And that's what the world needs to see. Ooh, yeah, that that's that's good. I mean, it, because that's true. Uh, quickly, I want to show people real quick. This is uh, Vance's website, vancepittman.com. Uh, and, and you can uh, visit that and see what's going on, get you know books and some media and things like that. Uh, and then the book, just as a reminder, you dropping in late, is The Stressless Life. And, and so I, I kind of hear what I started to say a second ago, which is that there may be some things that we need to get out of our lives to reset, to rethink, to maybe <laughs> delegate some responsibilities if you're in a place of responsibility like you are. Uh, and then there's the others that we need to just, we need to take to God and learn to trust him and learn to let him carry the load that we can't carry. How do we know the difference between the two? Yeah, well, here's the beauty is he's invited us to take everything to him. Um, the, the, the end, at the end of the day, what God has invited us into is not a religion of do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, mm-hmm. rules and regulations. What he's invited us into is an intimate love relationship. And everything that he allows in our lives has as its ultimate aim one purpose, to deepen our intimate fellowship with him. Right. It's all about the relationship. So what we would view as the good things or the bad things, the scripture says that God causes all things, good and bad, to work together for our good, to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The problem is we never read the next verse. The next verse talks about that purpose being our being conformed to the image of Christ, to know him and be known by him. So everything in my life is about drawing me into that intimate love relationship with him. And so when I understand that, I begin to look at life through that lens. Then I begin to, in each of those situations, when those things that are stressors in my life, whether it's schedule, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, I take those things to the Father. And one of the things I do in the book, Randy, is after the first three or four chapters, I kind of walk through the general principles of what stress is, why we shouldn't have it, mm-hmm. and, and, and how it is that we begin to navigate it in our daily life. But then I begin to apply it to different areas like schedule, like Mm. budget, Mm. like relationships, like spiritual warfare to give people, I can't do every area, but to give some practical handles of how you apply that in your everyday life. For example, uh, when you talk about schedule in in the book, I talk about uh, the story of Mary and Martha and you get two different examples of how people handle the, handle their, handle their schedule. And I, I say in my own personal life, I try to ask three questions as it pertains to evaluating my schedule and the stress that can come from my schedule. 
And, and for the first question is, does your schedule include time with Jesus or is it ordered around time with Jesus? Like if you look at Mary and Martha, Martha, she was going to be with Jesus. Oh, yeah. Her schedule included it. Yeah, she was serving. But Mary, Mary ordered her day around. Like everything was around time with Jesus. And a lot of Christians today, they struggle with their schedule because rather than time with Jesus being the building block of their schedule, time with Jesus is squeezed into their schedule when they can do it. Mm. And you know what happens. If that's the plan, often we never get there. Mm -hmm. And so the very reason for our existence, where it's where our soul finds its rest in him, we short circuit that by not ordering our day around time with Jesus. And that was a big thing for me in the journey of my own story. Mm -hmm. Ministry became the great love affair that wooed me away from intimacy with Christ. <laughs> and if we're not careful, uh, that can happen to us in our daily life. I, I know, man, I have heard that too many times. And it's it's kind of strange when you first hear it. Yeah. But it's very real. Um, yeah. I mean, my dad would tell you that. He said he's talked about it on television a lot. Uh, yeah. But so I, I'm curious, though, when you— you know, after nine months of, you know, pairing back to, uh, you know, hardly you know, two thirds of your original speaking schedule and cutting all the other things out, as you kind of came back from that uh, to mm -hmm. more where you're at now, do you, when, so you say take everything to God. Yes, absolutely. Do you find that he says that it gives you the ability to say no to more things in a way that's, that's healthy for you? For sure. Uh, without a doubt, um, one of the things you have to do in this process for me as it pertained to my schedule was I had to establish what the priorities were because mm. the reality is every yes is a no to something. The problem is often what we're saying yes to is not more important than what we're saying no to. Mm, yeah, right. And I had to make sure that what I was saying no to was the right no. Mm -hmm. um, and what I was saying yes to was the right yes. And so there was, there's a part in the book, I talk about establishing priorities that help you say your yes and your no to those things in your life. And it, it goes back to that Mary and Martha story. It's about allowing your schedule to be dictated by what's important rather than what's urgent. We face the tyranny of the urgent. Mm -hmm. Martha was driven by what was urgent, what needed to get done in the moment rather than Mary, who was driven by what was important. And so often in my life, my life is driven by what's urgent. I, I, you know, I think that's an important point because in the story of Mary and Martha, you know, Martha was, she was doing something good. She was serving yes. Jesus. She wasn't yes. doing, she wasn't out sinning wildly right. or anything. And, and so it wasn't, it wasn't bad versus good. It was good versus bad best maybe uh and yeah. and also i think a little bit because there what there is a time to work and to serve and to yes. do the things but i think a lot of it was jesus was saying hey right now you know right now let's make this the priority and and yep. that that doesn't negate the significance of the other role but i think it's it's just it's it's a sensitivity it's learning you know you can't do it if you don't uh, approach everything with prayer because we don't always know the difference between the two uh, and only only God does. And yep. It just really makes well, what you're Rand talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here, here's what I had to realize, Randy. If I have more to do on my schedule today than I can accomplish, mm -hmm. then I put some stuff there that Jesus didn't put there. <laughs> 
because he's not going to give me more to do today than I can accomplish. Huh. And, and and this is a Christ likeness issue. This isn't a, this is not an organizational schedule issue. Think about life. Who had more to accomplish with their life than Jesus? Yeah. Nobody. And yet when you look at Jesus in the gospels, he's never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Like he was never rushed regardless of the circumstance. He was never stressed. He was never anxious. He modeled for us the life that he's invited us into, which is a life of peace and rest in him. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. Mm -hmm. And yet most Christians wouldn't describe the Christian life as easy and light. We would describe it as heavy and hard or heavy (laughs) and difficult, heavy and challenging. We've exchanged, we've bought into the lie of the enemy and settled for less than Jesus invited us into. He invited us into his life. He wants to live his life through us. Christianity is not me living for him. Christianity is Jesus living his life through me. Mm -hmm. And if he does, then my life will look like his. He never was distracted. He never was in a hurry. He never was rushed. He never was stressed. When I choose to live that way, I'm living out of the overflow of my own resources rather than out of his resources. Yeah. uh, I are people getting this? Because, I mean, what you're talking about is a radical change for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And we can't do it on our own. And so if, if somebody's watching and they're thinking, yeah, I wish I could be like that, but I can't do that. No, you can't. Uh, that's that's why you need God. Um, and, and I know even Christians would say, but I've got God. You know, it's like, but okay, something needs, there needs to be an adjustment. When, when you talk to people, I'm guessing you become a little bit of the stress guy, especially with this book, you're going to become the stress guy. Everybody who's stressed <laughs> is going to want to talk to you. Uh, yeah. But uh, have you seen have you seen it change other people's lives the way it's changed yours? Absolutely. Yeah, we did uh, at our church. I, we taught a series uh, through this exact subject matter a few years ago called The Stressless Life, um, where we unpack these truths. <laughs> And I watched an entire church family begin to be changed. And here's again what I want people to hear. This is not a one, two, three step, and you never deal with this again. Right. It's every day. It's moment by moment. I can choose to live out of my own resources. And if I do that, I'm going to be stressed. Or I can choose to live out of the resources of my father. I can entrust it to him. And I can live with the peace that he's promised me. Either the word of God is true or it's not. And if it's true, the word says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, give it to the Father. And the peace of God that passes all comprehension will guard, not hopefully will, will guard your hearts mm-hmm. and minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, you're touching on something because a lot of times it's, it's not a, a stress issue. It's a trust issue. Yeah. Yeah. Man, really good, and we could keep talking about this, but I'm just going to tell people to just have to pick up the book if they want to walk a little <laughs> bit further with you in this. Uh, and, of course, uh, watch the Life Today broadcast show. Uh, Vance will be on that. That's going to be sometime in June, I think. Uh, but you check out lifetoday.org, and we've got all the schedule there and all the programs on the on that uh, on lifetoday.org as well, as well as on YouTube and light source and places like that. But Vance, I appreciate you. Um, I, I appreciate your depth on this and your willingness to even talk out of some of your own experiences, because a lot of pastors try to, you know, polish up that image and act like nothing mm-hmm. ever happens to them, but it does. 
And yeah, it does. You know, it does. So thank you for your, your candidacy. Is there anything I missed? Anything you want to promote? um, Tell people about that I missed before we let you go. No, the only thing I would add is I did plant and pastor Hope Church for 22 years. I'm now just viewed there as the founding pastor. I'm I'm now president of Send Network, which is the largest church planning network in North America. I had the privilege in the last year of seeing 745 new churches uh, planted across North America. And so really excited about the opportunity to pour into church planners and pastors all across the country. Anybody interested in church planning, I would love to talk to them. Okay, so I didn't I didn't realize you're out of full time uh, in Vegas, but uh, you're all over. I still the live in Vegas, still but uh, yeah, still still preach there. Uh, you know, four or five Sundays a year for the church. It's okay. the church that I'm still a part of, a yeah. member of. But I've raised up leadership that now is the new senior pastor uh, after 22 years, and they're leading us into the future. Uh, and that doesn't stress you out at all. <laughs> no, because again, it goes back to Jesus. Uh, the ministry of Jesus, he focused more on succession than he did success. And I think if Ooh. more pastors would view it that way, uh, we would be ready to transition ministries uh, by raising up indigenous leadership and passing the baton. And unfortunately for a lot of pastors, their identity is so wrapped up in their their, their job that they're, they're not even willing to share that responsibility with others. So oh, that but that's a conversation. Yeah, for another day. I mean, we're, just, we're <laughs> opening a whole other can at the end. Of, my dad says, you know, if you got to be building God's kingdom, not your kingdom. And yes. Mm, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Yes. Appreciate you. Thanks again. I appreciate you guys out there watching. If you know somebody who's a little stressed, hit that share what button and uh, maybe we can bring them in the right direction and they can be I as peaceful as, as Vance is as he chooses to be today. No uh, and check out the book. You can check out the website, vancepittman.com. That's the book right there, The Stressless Life. And come back. We've got more for you here on Life Today Live. I just come as a bankrupt sinner saying, Lord, have mercy on me.